Are you tired of the same old business advice? Welcome to the Liberated CEO Experience, the podcast that's redefining entrepreneurial success one unscripted and candid conversation at a time. Get ready to soak up unfiltered stories of triumph, failure, and everything in between from trailblazers who are rewriting the rules of the game and building thriving businesses on their own terms. So if you're ready to level up your impact, income, and joy, all while staying true to your unique vision, you're in the right place. This is the Liberated CEO Experience. Welcome back, resilient entrepreneurs and freedom pursuers. You're tuned in to another game-changing episode of the Liberated CEO Experience, the podcast that's all about helping you turn trials into triumphs and build a business that fuels your spirit. I'm your host, Ty Goodwin, and today we're exploring an unconventional path, creating more freedom by leaning into a layoff. I am privileged to have the formidable Sonia Key with us today, who embodies the very essence of this journey. Sonia is a shining example of how what may seem like a setback can be a catalyst for a whole new level of freedom and success. Sonia is an international Amazon best-selling author, speaker, podcaster, and consultant. She's the CEO of Sisters with a Voice Podcast Network and the executive director and host of Inspiring Nations, a globally renowned podcast that reaches audiences in over 164 countries. In this episode, we'll unravel the story of how a layoff can be not just an end, but a beginning. Sonia will share her personal journey, illuminating how her layoff or layoffs, plural, were the impetus for a new journey, leading her to more freedom, fulfillment, and impact than she could have ever imagined. So if you're ready to discover how life's detours can be the road to your greatest freedom, then you're in the right place. Buckle in, stay open-minded, and let's delve into the transformative journey of leaning into a layoff with the inspiring Sonia Keeve, right here on the Liberated CEO Experience. As always, this is going to be a really enlightening conversation, I think, for a lot of people. I am a little bit of a trouble starter. I like to talk about things that we don't always say out in the open. It's those things that we're thinking and we keep to ourselves. And I've got a really good partner in crime today. <laughs> so. So yeah, I read your bio and so folks know a little bit about you, but here's where I want to start our conversation. Okay. You've survived layoff after layoff. What did you learn from that journey? Mm. There were lessons in all three of the layoffs. The first one was in 2008. That first one was, I was not prepared for life. <laughs> I was so dependent upon the job that when it got taken, I realized how unprepared I was. And I was a young mother, young wife, and I just really wasn't prepared for how do you navigate life when life has knocked you down. The second time, a little older, was in 2015. And this time I had remembered the lessons from 2008, but you can never prepare for a layoff. It's always unexpected. And that was the first time I really recognized that my worth mm. has value. Okay. But I was still unsure, feeling like the imposter. Mm. So I still had one foot in faith and one foot in the world. Okay. And then the final layoff was in 2022. And in that layoff, I felt peace. Wow. What a shift. I felt this peace. 
And I didn't understand why, because I felt like I should be beyond angry. It caught me off guard. But when they said, it's nothing you've done, it's just a business decision. I remember reaching out to my husband, the first person, and he was like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I don't believe this happened again. And the next person I called was one of my girlfriends. And the first thing she said was congratulations. And I said, now I get to do what God has really called me to do. And it's time for me to step out of the fear and really lean into the faith and lean and surrender to him and let him finally direct my path. We say it all the time, but how many of us really live it? And so when I did not have an option B, I realized that I need to now step into the thing that I was called to do. And I already was equipped with it the entire time, but it was time for me to receive and embrace the gift and really walk in it. Yeah. I love that you shared that. And I often think that the way we think things are our requests, our prayers, however we call them, the way we think that they need to be answered is not the way that they're answered. We're asking for, I want this, I want that. Then when the opportunity comes, it's like, I didn't know it was going to look like this. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yes. So I wonder if that was a little bit of what you were experiencing this last thing, because if you were asking for this, here it is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Be careful what you ask for. Truly. And I really, I had to embrace that. And I was like, okay, it's no more looking back. I don't have any more excuses. The kids are grown. So it's about, are you going to fall into the fear? Are you going to fail and fall forward and Mm -hmm. keep going? And Mm -hmm. so that's what I decided to do. I was like, hey, time to step into it. And it really has been the biggest breakthrough Mm -hmm. for me of my life. Yeah. And your corporate career, like what was your title? Your last title? I was a mortgage processor. Okay. And I know for a lot of folks that go through that experience, there's something that happens when you don't have that title anymore. Yes. (laughs) Yes. How did you navigate that? I don't know whether it was the first time or second time. When did that really hit you? Like, what did that feel like? And how did you navigate around that? The first time it happened really was for me was in 2015 because I had worked up to be a project manager. And my goal was to be the next senior VP. That was the goal. Mm -hmm. And so I had gotten the officer title and now I'm project manager and I'm managing a small team. And this is what it's all about. And when I didn't have that, I really started questioning who am I? I literally did not know who I was. Mm -hmm. And I did not realize how much I leaned into these titles because society makes you feel like if you don't have these corporate titles, I don't have the business card to pass out when I'm at networking events when people say, who are you? What do you do? I didn't have that business card anymore. And I was like, who the heck am I? And the whole time I was building my business, but I wasn't telling people about it because I didn't want to get retaliation from the corporate job. And at the same time, I was treating it like a hobby and really not like a business. And so now the job was gone. It's, oh, you've got to come from behind the veil. And now if you say you are a CEO, you now need to operate. And what does that look like? It's not about a title anymore. You have a business. Who are you? Mm -hmm. And it took me several years before I finally spoke out to tell people who I am, what I do and how I serve. And I had to practice that every day in the mirror until it was something that was a part of me and not just another piece of me. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you said about practicing because we don't do that enough. I'll just use myself as an example. I have a feeling I'm not the only one where I will think that I'm supposed to already mm-hmm. know how or have it done or that way and not yeah. realize that there's becoming yes before you get to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right? And that's a whole other journey within itself. Oh, yes, it is. So I'm curious, now that you've stepped away and you're building your business, you're building your brand, you're showing up, you're leaning into that. Yeah. What would you say, what are you becoming? What work are you doing right now? What are you becoming? I'm actually becoming the person I was always. I'm becoming the influencer to show others how to be their best selves, how to come from behind that veil, how to change the language that you say out of your mouth, to say that I am enough, that I am powerful in my own right, that I have worth. It took me a very long time to lean into my worth and understand my value. And as women, you hear these terms, I'm an imposter. We're not imposters. We are divinely created beings built to impact communities, built to impact our families. But society tells us that unless you have the degrees, unless you have the titles, you're nothing. I sit with two advanced degrees, but when you die, they mean nothing. They're just tokens. All these degrees really are just said that I committed time and work to do the lessons. That's all it is. It's interesting. I have an interesting take on imposter because I think we are imposters, but not in the way we believe. We're imposters when we show up and be whatever society tells us. We're yeah. 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 I hurts. agree. Yeah. You know, that hurt us a lot. And again, that was part of my story, right? Oh, you're this and you're this and mm-hmm. you X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, what really strikes a chord with my heart is helping people frap their message and find their vision and sew yeah. into them so that they can shine brighter. I love that all day long. And it's been an innate in me ever since I was a teacher. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did the same thing as I was teaching. I do it now as a coach. I do it now as a marketing strategist. It was an imposter of me to try to be this corporate person, even though I was really good at it, not really who I was and who I wanted to be. I think that's what a lot of us are. We are imposters. So we're feeling it because we are, but it's not the way that we really think. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. So I know you are reading a book right now. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. I'm a book person. Oh my gosh. Like I was unpacking and I probably have around $10,000 worth of books because I'm a collector, right? And so the book that you're reading right now, I actually bought it in Spanish when I was in Panama because I wanted to, I have one in English, I have one in Spanish and I wanted it to help me learn the language. So talk a little bit about why you chose the book that you are reading right now and why you chose it right now. The book that I'm reading right now is Michelle Obama's book called The Light We Carry. And it's about a book about how to overcome in uncertain times. For me, this was such a timely book. And I just recently purchased, I actually got the Audible when it first came out. But I happened to watch on Netflix She's with Oprah and it's on the last day of her tour of The Light We Carry. And she talks about her life. And really, she talks about how it's okay to recognize that self-worth comes wrapped in vulnerability. And what we share as humans on this earth is the impulse to strive for better. And that always and no matter what, we become bolder and brightness. And if you know your light, 
you know yourself. Mm -hmm. And that struck a chord with me because that was me for over 20 years trying to search and find my light. I had forgotten that childlike faith of stepping into living the life that you really want. Because no one ever asked me, Sonia, what is it that you want? Mm -hmm. You know, when we're kids, they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? But nobody says, what is it that you want to do? And there's a difference between the being and doing. And it's in that gap is where I have been living for over 20 years, unhappy, not feeling fulfilled, always feeling this void and could not put my hand on it. Like, why can't I be happy? I've got this great job. Why can't I be happy? I'm making more money than I've ever made. But it was this inner light that was brewing in me. And it really wasn't until the job was taken as I like to say, the job divorced me, that there was a fire lit in me that Mm -hmm. even I was afraid and stood back, who is this person? And I think I said one day on social media, I said, I've never been so broke and so happy Mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. What a gift. There's so much to say in that, man, you really made me think about part of my journey of light. I wrote a book called Girlfriend, It's Your Time. And one of the things I talk in there about is the difference between bright women and brilliant women. And I also talk about how we're all born brilliant. And what happens over time is that things come to dim that light. So people leave us or we were bullied or we had a bad experience, Uh a bad decision, we made more bad decisions. And that those things dim our light. And at some point we get it and we realize that our only goal, our only obligation is to be our most brilliant versions of ourselves. Just imagine a world where everybody was working on that. Oh my God. (laughs) That part that so many of us would be free from the bondages of the inner critics that keep us from stepping into the light. Yeah. I interviewed April Frank, really great conversation. One of the things she talked about was having seven figures and being successfully unhappy. And that was another thing that when you talked about that, it reminded me of that. And I remember having a good six figure job, had a great six figure job working from home before mm-hmm. it was popular. This was before COVID, but I was working from home. I worked for a company in New York and they let me take my New York salary to Minnesota. And I was working from home. And I remember being in that place of you're making good money, you're doing it. And it's actually around 2008 because I was like, I want to start my own business. My family saying, you want to do that in this climate? You want to do that now? Um, So my question for you, when you take a look at the good that you settled for, what great do you think you missed out on? Actually, where I am today, I spent a lot of years regretting that I didn't take risks then. So I don't feel like I settled. I feel like that I finally decided to choose me. Wow. And that was the shift for me. I was like, I chose me. And I talked to my family about it. And my husband was fully supportive of me stepping into it. He was like, because he's watched me cry. He's watched the disappointment. He's Mm -hmm. watched me have the highs and the lows and give it my all and not get it back. And now I teach my children, you do what makes you happy. Yeah. You figure out what that thing is that you want to do. And then you lean into that and you master it and you nurture it and you make it everything you need it to be, but don't 
dare do something because someone else told you to do it. You do it because it's what you choose. Because at the end of the day, you got to wake up and go to that job. You got to wake up to that career or whatever it is that you're choosing, but don't do it because mom and dad said so. I want you to live in abundance and joy. And so my hope is that they see me building my dream and seeing the hard work that goes into it and are appreciative of the courage that it takes to do that because it's not easy. And there are days even now that I may question, is this what I'm really supposed to do? And then I'll get a new client or somebody will reach out to me or somebody will reach out to me for a speaking engagement. And then the minute I'm on that stage or in the minute I'm talking about the thing that I love doing, which is podcasting, there is just this unexplainable joy that resonates from my soul. And it's, yes, this is what I want to do for the rest (laughs) of my life. And I know that if, if you do what you love, you'll do it for the rest of your life. Yeah. I love that. And I've experienced that too, that when you're working with someone, I think Chris Davis, who was another guest on the show, the first time him and I met, I was doing coaching back then. We had gotten connected through someone and we met, we were both in Minnesota and we had met for coffee and it was such a powerful coaching conversation. And I remember calling later, I said, did you feel that? And I remember on the way home, it was worship invoking. It was that level of, oh my God, like this is the piece that I love. And it's right around the same time when one of my clients called me her vision midwife and like, Uh and helping them see her. And I love that. So many people don't get to feel that though. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you sense, is there a connection between being and doing? Because I think a lot of people try Uh to answer that question about what I should do Uh without really figuring out who they need to be. Yeah. Yeah, there is the connection between the being and the doing is the why, because your why answers the question, why show up? Yeah. Why do this work? Why do you want to step into the space? And the answer can never be because my husband wants me to, or my children or my friends or my family says I just do it. It has to be something that's so deeply rooted in your spirit that when all hell is on fire, you're like, nope, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to still put one foot in front of the other. I don't care what's happening to the left or the right of me. This is what I'm supposed to do. And that's the bridge. The why is the bridge between the being and the doing. And it's in the middle of that why that you begin to discover who you really are at your core, where you really begin to answer those inner questions. Who are you? You know, what's that one thing that lights you up every day? Yeah. Because if we strive to do things that make us unhappy, we start losing our sense of joy and life is about living and not existing. And so that being and doing so that you can live to the fullest life really starts with your why. And yeah. when you can answer that, you can re-engineer the kind of life that you want. Like I was watching Michelle Obama, the Netflix special. I mean, it was just so many golden nuggets. I'm telling you all need to watch it. Uh-huh. But she said that people always ask the question for women, can you have it all? And she was like, yeah, you can have it all, but not at the same time. And I was like, light bulb moment, like, yeah, because I've had to learn. And she said it's in the living and the learning. And so I'll be 51 in July. And I don't believe that I could experience this joy that I have at 51, 20 years ago. Yeah. Because I was not even in the mental mature headspace Mm -hmm. to even if God had given me everything now, right. And I wouldn't have been able to handle it because I was not even in the right space, but it's in the failures that I have strengthened 
who I want to be, what do I want to do? And answering that question so that when the gift came, Mm -hmm. I was able to really embrace it on a level. And you almost know it. Like you hear people say to you, like Ty, when I talk to you, I'm blown away by what you just shared. You answered all of my questions. And sometimes you go, huh, that came from me, but it's because it's your natural gifting. It's the thing that without a shadow of doubt. And so for those that are listening, you know, it's that thing too, like that thing that you just are able to articulate on such an intimate level, regardless of who you're talking to or industry that you are being introduced to, your giftings just can transform the lives just because of the experiences that you have and that you're just bringing that forth out into the world and sharing it with others. And that's what makes the difference. I think the being, the doing and your whole why. I love it. I love it. I love it. You reminded me of what I used to tell my fifth graders. I used to say it's a shame. I used to teach fifth grade. And one of the reasons I started my business was because I never wanted to be that person that told my daughter to go to school, get good grades, you can get into a yeah. good college, go to a good college so you can actually get a good job. And then I'm coming home every day hating my good job. We're setting up that expectation. Yeah. So I love what you said about setting that example and really living, like I always say, is practicing what I teach. Here's my question for you as we are wrapping up our conversation. It's so good. Well, I have two questions. When's your birthday? July 31st. Okay. So I'm June 23rd. So I was trying to see if we were like, you know, (laughs) good gear, good gear. So I love it. 1972 babies rock. Yes. But here's my other question for you. What's your why? My why that I do this every day because I do not want to end this life with any regrets. And my why has changed over the years. My why was my family, my children. But when I turned 50, it was all about me, Mm -hmm. about what brings me joy. What relationships do I want to build? What partnerships and projects do I want to do? Because now I had the time to do it. Now I had the time to focus on what is it that brings me joy. And I think this week is really bittersweet for me because my grandmother who passed away on February the 6th, her funeral was actually February the 14th. Mm-hmm. And on the 11th of May, she would have been 101 years old. Wow. And as I was at her funeral and I looked down at how beautiful she looked, I remembered all the lessons she taught me. And one of the things she would say to me after every phone conversation that we could have before dementia took over, she used to say, Sonia, may heaven shine upon you and may you always keep your joy. Mm. And so every day I live this life, I always ask myself, Sonia, did you live it with joy? Because Maya Angelou always says, people may forget about what you said to them, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And for me, I want people who connect to me, I want them to feel the presence of joy when they're with me, when they're around me. And I want to exude that joy in their life because I know what it was like to dim my light for so long that I want to show people through my life, through my challenges, that even in the midst of darkness, light always finds a way. You just have to lean into it, accept the challenges, and always keep your joy. Wow, that's so, so beautiful, so profound. Yeah, as I'm listening to your story, I'm excited because you were becoming all those years, you were yeah. becoming, and now you get to be, and you yeah. get to 
active in this space. And then you get to share this with those people. I think that there are people that are entrusted to us. So I'm super excited about that. So let me ask a follow-up question to that. Okay. These days, what brings you joy? What brings me joy is my husband, who's my best, very best friend. Even after 30 plus years together, we can still laugh and still enjoy each other. He still makes me smile. My children bring me joy. Watching these little human beings I brought into the world now become these adults and navigating life and watching them be successful in their own right as my daughter's finishing up her senior year at Old Dominion University as a cybersecurity engineer. And my baby boy who is navigating the life to become a carpenter with Job Corps. And he's Mm -hmm. in a totally different state on his own and watching him thrive. It makes me proud. And I hear my grandmother who tells me often in my dreams how proud of me she is because she's like, you know, you keep your family together. You guys are living and doing the best that you can with what you have. And you still smile through it all. That just brings me joy. My parents who would tell me how proud of them. And it's funny, a couple of years ago, they always see you as that little girl. Mm-hmm. And when they see me on social media and they see all the accolades and things, they're like, that's my daughter. And it makes me smile like, oh, you're proud of me. Because we still want that adoration of our parents. Because like I said, it's funny. I got my degrees because I got that because I wanted to make my parents proud. And I don't take anything away from them. I utilize everything I learned in the classroom to build the business that I have. But my family is what makes me proud and to know that I contributed to that. And they're healthy, they're whole, they love God, that no mother could ask for anything more. Wow. I'm hearing a lot of your core values come out. And that's one of the things that I'm really big with clients is what are the things that you need to tap into every single day in order to live? Because I think that it really is about living and not just surviving. Yeah are tapping into those core values. As we wrap up our conversation, I'm curious for women and men listening to this who have been living under someone else's title or label and not leaning into their own light, what advice, what words would you give to them so that they can step towards their own light? I would first say, let go of the fear because the fear is the very thing that keeps you stuck and distracted. It keeps that cloud that veil over your eyes. If you wake up every day and there's this gut feeling in your soul that feels like there's an emptiness, there's a void, lean into that. Because what that is, whether you believe in God, however you worship, that inner voice is telling you that you're not living up to your fullest potential. And we all know it, because we have moments when as soon as you pull up into the parking lot at work, you immediately get ill. Or you start to feel this downward feeling in your soul. It's because it's not the thing that you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes you got to be a little crazy enough to step into something of the unknown because the unknown is scary. But the thing that I have learned as long as I have lived, one of my favorite quotes that I really live by every day, it's by Wes Moore. And it says, I would rather flirt with failure than to never have danced in my joy. Wow. 
Oh, I love, love, love that. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that, for sharing your light with us. And for folks that have listened to your wisdom and listened to your story, and they want to find out more about the work that you do and how you can support them with podcasts, where can they find you? Yep. So thank you, Ty, first of all, for allowing me to have this amazing conversation and be on your show and talking to your listeners. But to work with me, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Sonia Keith. And you can visit my website at www.soniakeeve.com. And that's S-O-N-J-A-K-E-E-B as in Victor E.com. Fantastic. All of those links and all those places to find her will be in the show notes, which you can find at tygoodwin.com forward slash podcast. That's where we keep all of these amazing conversations and interviews. You can also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio and all that good stuff that's out there. But please, if you felt the words resonating with you, not only reach out to Sonia, but also share this with somebody in your network because, you know, brilliant people don't let other brilliant people fail. (laughs) So share this with those folks in your space. And with that, thank you again, Sonia. It's been an absolute pleasure to hang out with you and for everybody else you already know. Until next time, be brilliant, be bankable, and show up like a boss in your business. Thanks for hanging out with us for today's episode. Check the show notes at tygoodwin.com for links and resources. And be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you found value in this episode, please leave us a rating. Until next time, be brilliant, be bankable, and show up like a boss in your life and your business.